The Octane Fuel Your Fire podcast is brought to you by Gatorade Endurance and the DFW Tri Club. Go to dfwtriclub.com and dfwtriclub.com slash calendar to choose from over 1,000 coached workouts every year. Sign up today at DFW Tri Club. And we are also brought to you by Gatorade Endurance. Anyone can go the extra mile. Gatorade Endurance is for the people who want to go the extra five miles. It's got more carbs, calories, and electrolytes to help meet endurance athletes' needs. It's going to be the on-site nutrition for Ironman for the next three years. Available at specialty retail stores at fuelbelt.com and at Amazon. So go out and try some Gatorade Endurance. Episode 10, Randy Messman is back again. I'm back. We've been excited off for a week after doing three. I guess it was last week, wasn't it? We got three out in a row. Did At we? Least two. I don't know. The last one was great, though, with your sister, Terry. She's a smart individual. Yeah, she's crazy smart, man. It was really cool to have her on, so thanks for setting that up. Oh, and look, I forgot to turn my sound down on my laptop. Cause that's okay, because we're in the real world here. Because I'm a moron. All right, now that's handled. Until the phone rings and... Yeah, I should probably turn my Nine mind different too. places. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, we're back and we need to talk about a couple things, but I have a rant. Uh-oh. Yeah, so, and, you know, I'm going to probably alienate some people because this is going to sound kind of triathlon douchebaggish, <laughs> but... Um, and, and I really, I hope, folks that don't know me, I hope you can sincerely appreciate that I am not a triathlon douchebag. I'm 42 years old. I'm slow. What is a triathlon douchebag? You know, one of those guys that like... The slow twitch type of people? Yeah, that, it's interesting yeah. you bring slow twitch up because okay. this is where I got this information. But, you know, guys who show up to sprints with their disc wheels on the back of their bikes and they wear <laughs> bikini briefs and to swim, you know, it's, you know, guys who won't... You can't be bothered talking to anybody who doesn't look like them or look like they're fast or anyway I'm, I'm burying myself but I'm not one of these people but I'm gonna sound like one of these people because are you a triathlete of the people I am I am a grassroots community focused triathlete and that takes me to this rant that I have so you read about this uh, deal between lifetime fitness and Iron Man I have not oh okay so uh, Dan Emfield wrote a big article on Slow Twitch about it, which if you've ever read Dan, he's awesome. I like Dan. But you know, he, he literally emailed me back. I sent him a, oh, yeah. a personal email. Well, he, he will totally respond back to you. He's a cool guy. Yeah. But if you read one of his articles, he will just wax poetic. Like, there will be, where, where four words will do, Dan will use ten. Okay, so I read this article, and it was really long, and... The net of it is, is Iron Man and Lifetime are now partners and, um, you know, the, the jury's out on where that's going to go and what's going to happen. And, you know, I kind of get it from a marketing perspective and I kind of get it from a growth of the sport perspective and I understand what's in it for Lifetime in that. Well, they have that whole series too, right? Yeah, they have a series and it's a good series. I mean, Captex is one of those races. It's a lifetime race. It's they're pretty well done. Um, but here's my here's my rant. Like, 
I'm reading I'm reading Enfield's article and he says that there's a Kona slot for people that do the indoor one hour lifetime triathlons. That's a seriously? And it's interesting because your response was exactly what I thought. <laughs> and I actually wrote back to Dan, I said, Did I read that wrong? There, they have a Kona slot available. Did he have an opinion on it one way or the other? He implied to me, you know, Dan also tries to be, you know, he's in the industry, so he's got to be nice. But yeah, but he comes off he as being impl- kind of edgy sometimes. He's edgy, but he implied that, yeah, I, I don't know, he, he was Swiss about it, mostly. I'm not Swiss about it. I'm not. I, you mean to tell me. That's, I think it's absurd. That a bunch of people that go do an hour-long indoor triathlon that consists of how long can you swim in 15 minutes, how long can you bike on a spin bike in 30 minutes, and how long you can run, how far you can run in 15 minutes, those people get a Kona slot. Yeah. And Dan went further to tell me that not only do they get a... They're, they're, there's one Kona slot up for grabs for these people, but there's... Three seventy point three world championship slots up for grabs. So there are going to be four people at world championship events this year from doing lifetime indoor triathlons. That's surprising. Potentially. I, <clears throat> now he said he said you know the people that do the Captex Olympic distance they're eligible eligible too, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, listen, man. To me, there's there's probably more ways to get to Kona than I'm re- I realize but to me you get hooked up by a sponsor which many thinks not a right not the right way to go mm-hmm. you qualify because you're fast in your age group you win biggest loser oh yeah well then that's kind of a sponsor right, 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 right. I throw that in the bucket with you know the whole got milk campaign sure Heinz Ward did and you know what though I, I enjoy that from dude me. I have no problem with guy I mean honestly it, I'm a little bit of a of a hypocrite because I don't have a problem with Apollo Antonono or Heinz Ward or Gordon Ramsay getting to do it. Mm-hmm. I probably should, um, but I, I don't because I when I look at those guys, I'm like, you know what? Those guys are. I think it's great they're doing it because it's it's outreach for the sport. Like, right. They're putting the yeah. sport on the stage that's it's not usually on. Like they're going to talk about them doing Iron Man on ESPN because it's those guys doing it. Right. Right. But to think that, oh, yeah, the third way to get to Kona is to do the legacy program. You finish 12 Ironman and you get to go, which is what I hope to do one day. But to think, man, like I can go do a bunch of lifetime indoor triathlons for an hour, which for a lot of people that train, I'm not going to beat my own chest here but also i'll say it for a lot of people who train an hour is a joke Mm. right no i agree with you i mean this would be like letting somebody that won the punt pass and kick get a slot in the super bowl (laughs) and yeah sort of yeah that's kind of a great analogy it's like you don't you know listen i'm not one i'm really inclusive guy but and I rarely will say this. Well, they're not if even you related. Do, if you do those, if you do those events and get to Kona, you do not belong there. And if you do not take it seriously, you are going to live probably the most 
miserable few hours of your life. And I say few hours because they're going to get out there on that bike and they're just going to be like, I can't do this. So I'm hoping that when they get, if and when they get these slots, that they do something with it. But anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox on this, but I don't know. I, I have a lot of friends who don't, who don't really like Iron Man as a brand and, and think that they're just, it's... I think it's the hip, cool thing not to like Iron Man as a it brand. It is a little hipster to not like Iron and Man I know, to be a, triath- I, a triathlete, but... Um, I mean, it's kind of like, <clears throat> to me, it's too small of a sport right now to be picking sides. I mean, a ri- rising tide floats all boats, you exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. Oh my God, I'm so glad you said that, because... That's true in the, just in the, I have tried to have this conversation with people in our own community that are trying to monopolize triathlon as an industry in our, in our community, just here in Dallas Fort Worth. Like mm-hmm. they're out to get, you know, they're up against, they're going to go up against everybody and just try to win out. It's like, it's the complete wrong approach. Like I did a, I did a talk at Tri Shop on Monday night. And one of the things I talk about in my try, it's Tri 101. So it's a bunch of people who. I've either done one event or not done any. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I emphasize to them is join a club. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, I tell them, join my club. But I tell them Triple Threat's a great club. And Try Now is a great club. And there are other great clubs. But join a club. Mm-hmm. It's You will have such a better, more fulfilling um, experience in the sport if you do it with a group of life, like-minded people and you don't try to go it alone. So join a club. I don't put out there, oh my God, we're the only club in town and you got to join us and oh, by the way, you got to sign up for training and you got to have all this testing. No, no, no. You know, just the right thing to do is to tell them to join a club and be in the community. And there are so many people that don't want to do that. They just want to be like, oh no, come to me, come to me all the time, every time, for everything. Single source for it all. And it's like, man, eventually you're just going to you're just driving a wedge. This doesn't make any sense. So yeah, you're right. The rising tide does float all boats. And I don't know, man, this whole, this whole thing with Iron Man is getting a little crazy though. I mean, they bought a couple of races in California. One of which is the super frog, which I think used to be 200 bucks or something to, to, to do. It's a half distance race. Yeah. They've jacked it up to like 500 bucks. The people are going to pay it because it's the whole people Navy seal thing. It. And people the... will pay it. You're right. But, you got to ask yourself, it's like, and a lot of my friends that have done Super Frog, that do Oceanside, my friend Matt Worley's, you know, done that race, and he, he got, when I posted it, thinking, at first I thought it was a cool thing, more 70.3s in California, because believe it or not, there's not that many Ironman races out there. And then Matt looked at the price and posted, commented on my post, and he's like, yeah, except for the pricing, and he told me what it was, and I'm like, oh man. How much is it? 500? 500 bucks for a half distance <clears throat> race. That's excessive. It's just going too far, you know? Anyway. But, you know, you can't... I get it, but you can't blame a guy. If the market is going to... If the market bears it. Bears it, then it's okay. And I don't agree with it. I think... I mean, I think sprint tries are a little pricey myself. Yeah. You know, once you're pushing that $100, $120 mark, whatever it, it is, it's... That's a lot of money to spend for a finisher's medal and to go out and, you know, flop around for an hour and a yeah. half. But <clears throat> at the same time, you got to think, I mean, from a logistics perspective, it takes 
There's it's a foundational amount of infrastructure and, and logistics. You gotta, that it you're takes to you're pull shutting off down roads. You got cops. Those guys are 40, 50 bucks an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, you got volunteers. You have, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's, and, you know, at the end of the day, people have catchers. to realize it's, uh, you know, these people are in the, they're in it to make a living. Right. Right. So there are people making a living being race directors. And yeah. if they weren't, if they weren't around, we wouldn't have any races to do. So, you know, I don't have as much a problem with a $100 sprint as I do with a $500 half distance race that was 165 or 175 or $200 a year before. Yeah. Because it's got a different brand on it. It's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's going to, it's just going to, it's off-putting, you know? It's just, it's not good for the sport, in my yeah. opinion. But Speaking of race directors, yeah. one of my favorite race directors is from the great state of Nebraska. Yeah. It was Dan Jones. Oh, he is from Nebraska, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing my Dan Jones sweatshirt. I just Are you? I just figured out. Yeah. Um, I got mine in the closet. Dan is with Dallas Athletes Racing. Yeah, and Randy and I are, uh, what What are we, brand ambassadors? We're racing ambassadors. Race ambassadors. So yeah. we're going to help them promote some races around town. And uh, I've been promoting their races for a long time. I do their... Uh, I do what's called a course recon clinic for them. Okay. Um, before most of the races last year, I didn't. There's a couple I didn't do, but um, you know, the, it's great. Dallas athletes does it right. They make it fun. They're mm-hmm. super. I talked about it. That was my know, first race. Was uh, the Monster Color Try? Mine too. It wasn't color, but mine was was a Dallas athletes race, and so I try to do them every year. And um. You know, I, I guess they recognize Randy and I have a little bit of reach and a little bit of say so, and and they are because of our wildly popular. It is. We are wildly podcast. Popular. Um, hey, don't sleep on that podcast, man. We we're up to over like ten thousand downloads. I know eight it, episodes. It, it's pretty crazy. Amazes me to think that somebody's out there. I I saw a comment from from some lady online. Yeah. That found us. And she's not from Texas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good. That just blows me away. Thank but, you. Uh, yeah, Thank but Dallas Athletes Racing, guys, uh, I think it's DallasAthletesRacing.com. If you're uh, if you're in this area, you probably know all about them. They're, they're, in my opinion, the premier race outfit in town for triathlon. They also have a couple half uh, half marathon distance races. That One's the Wounded Warrior. It's in the summertime. They raise money and donate it to Wounded Warrior. Um, they just do a great job, and they're a great group of folks. And, Texas uh, Man is an awesome race. Yeah, Texas Man's good up in Denton. So, you guys take a look at their website, and if you have any questions about Dallas athletes racing or want to know specifically about the races, I happen to know a lot about them. Randy's done a lot of them, so um, definitely reach out to us on the Facebook page or Twitter or however you decide to get a hold of us, and uh, we'll be happy to help you there. All right, Randy, we're 15 minutes in. I've got a couple questions that folks sent in to us, and I want to talk about them. One of which is they want us to discuss how correct technique and form is critical to performance, and then how it translates into maintaining good health. I think it's a great question. I actually talked about this this morning, about running mechanics specifically. So I'm really interested to hear what you have to say, because I'm not convinced that my run mechanics are spot on i mean i i've looked into the pose method i've looked into you know the chi running got the shoes you know yeah. so i feel like i'm on the right track but still i feel like my cadence is a little 
too slow. Yeah. So anyway, go go on. So um, it's a really it's a, I'm glad that this question was asked because in the last few weeks I've been working with a friend of mine who um, is really a great run coach. His name's Sergio. So Sergio uh, is actually a member of the club and he's a really really great run coach and he's been working on things like my hip position and a little bit about my my form in terms of my leg my kick and, and utilizing hamstring and glute and shoulder position and arm position and arm swing and there's a lot to the run there's a lot more to run technique than people think there is and it's interesting because you can look at somebody and you know if you're if you're kind of not schooled in what to look at and, and I'm getting there but I'm certainly not all the way there you everybody just sort of looks like yeah we can run you, mm-hmm. you, you crawl you walk you run and you know you run for your whole life yeah and but when it comes to running for distance it's it makes a big difference and I'll, I'll I'll quantify that for you I did a lactate threshold test on myself on the run a few weeks ago because I'm in this middle of training right now and so you're sticking yourself while you're running yeah well I get off I, you know yeah. step on the tread off the treadmill and do it so I don't you know, kill myself and end up on YouTube somewhere. No, that's still pretty impressive, man. Yeah, I needed to probably not do it. It was pretty hard to get the test done the way I wanted to, but I did do it and and just kind of re- figured out my zones and and uh, my zone two was you know is between like one forty five and one sixty five. And generally, if I do a zone two run, which is a lot of my running is there my pace at that zone not pushing is probably was probably in the high 11s you know 11 30 or something and it would float up depending upon how long i was going obviously with the course whatever the the course i ran that day would look like but in about in two sessions working with sergio i'm running in zone two yesterday's run was 6.3 miles it was 10 22 Nice. And I was in zone two the whole time. So if you guys are not working on your form, you want to do it for a lot of reasons. But I'm telling you, one of the biggest reasons is performance related. I mean, I chopped a minute a mile off, and that's a fairly long run. A minute a mile off on basically a 10K um, just by switching up a couple things. Like for me, it was mostly my lean, my forward lean, mm-hmm. um, and my arm swing, and, and a little bit with my kick. Yeah. But the other reason why, so just that gives you some quantifiable reasons why you want to get this looked at and go to somebody that knows how to knows how to kind of diagnose run form and, and work on that. But the other thing is running with the right form will prevent you from being injured. The wrong, the wrong form can injure you in so many different ways. You can have hip issues, obviously knee issues, your Achilles. I think to a certain extent, shin splints are derived from people that that are not running with the correct form, although there's many reasons why that can happen. But there are pretty significant um, injury prevention and health-related benefits to having run form analyzed by somebody who knows what we're doing and then working those things out and tweaking them. So what <clears throat> what did you tweak? So here, here's a series of questions I have. What did you change? And what for, you know, a listener who, you know, let's say doesn't know anything about 
run for them. Yeah. You know, summarize what would, you know, maybe some key points into what they should be looking at. Yeah. So what I worked on primarily was my head position. Okay. I had a tendency to look down when I ran. Yeah, I do too. You need to be looking up, but your head not so far up that your head is actually up. I've read that you want to look at the horizon. You want to look at the horizon, strain your eyes, not your neck. Your head is in a neutral position. So if you're sitting upright in a chair, for example, it's just like you're looking across the table and your head should be there. You shouldn't have to look up like you're looking at somebody who's taller than you or, or whatnot. If you do need to look up, then you should do it with your eyes because you're not straining any muscles. So I'll work from top down. So head position is pretty key. Uh, a neutral head position, not too much forward, not any forward if you can help it. Um, not too far up or back is important. Shoulders are back, relaxed, and they're down. So shoulders are back, relaxed. So as if you could kind of swing your arms loosely to loosen up your arms, and they're down. So... Shoulders back and down. I have a lot of people that show up to track on Friday where I have to remind them. They'll start to raise their arms so much that their shoulders will come up. Mm -hmm. And they'll look like they're super, super tight up top. You want to really drop those shoulders back, drop the shoulders down. There's a lot of debate about arms. I just like to have my arms in a comfortable position. But one thing I wasn't doing, and this might sound really crazy, but... I really dialed my arm swing in by not letting my hands get too loose. And so what Sergio taught me is pinch a, a poker chip. Yeah, I've heard like a pinch a poker chip. chip. Yeah. And and you know, just kind of run that way. It just keeps yeah. your hand and you don't want to pinch down like you're right. You know, don't white to, knuckle it. Yeah, don't white knuckle it. Just kind of where you can hold a poker chip in your hand, it won't fall out. Yeah. And then he's taught me to swing from my elbows. So not swing from my elbows. You're swinging from your shoulders because your swing. arms don't swing from your right. elbows. But, but swing with your elbow almost leading. And don't be afraid to come across the body a little bit. A lot of things you read say, okay, you should have this sort of choo-choo train motion with your arms. I always feel like a T-Rex when I'm running. I feel like my arms are... It's probably... I'm... Your arms are probably... You're probably bringing them up. Yeah. You don't... You know, like, I'm like 90 degrees kind of thing. And just swing kind of leading with the elbow and what your arms do your legs will do he taught me so if you feel your leg turnover sort of slowing down maybe pick up your arm swing a little bit and it may it'll it'll kind of at least for me it started to bring my leg turnover back mm -hmm. i caught myself yesterday on that run in the 11s and i'm like okay what's going on here and i just kind of picked up the pace on the arm swing and the legs came with your hips don't need to be too far forward so you don't want to lean lead too far forward with your hips they need to be underneath you so your back doesn't need to be arched and you know your back doesn't need to be hunched it just needs you need to be in an, an again a nice kind of neutral hip position with your kind of your hips underneath your torso um, at all times so if you feel like your hips are opening up and you're, you're arching your back then you're just putting strain on yourself and you're also taking away your forward lean mm. so keep your hips kind of not back where your where your back is hunched over, but just sort of um, back towards the posterior of your body, so that it's more underneath you as you run. Legs are really difficult to talk to talk about because the stride is a lot has a lot to do with it. But generally, your feet should land underneath your body. So if you can see a lot, of, if you could see your whole foot, your stride's probably too long. If you know, if you could see your toe, you're probably okay. 
but generally you shouldn't see your entire foot. And so the one thing I haven't talked about, and I'm probably missing some things, but your foot strike's gonna be what it is until you can learn to get more midfoot or forefoot. But if you can get away from heel striking, that would be good. You just put less impact on your body and your forward lean can help that. From a, the thing that I have, have always seen and, and actually show people at track is you should have a forward lean almost like a ski jumper. Yeah. So lean at like the ankles? Lean at the ankles with your body forward, your head in a neutral position, and let's let your body and gravity help your forward momentum. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I hope that was, uh, it's, we're not doing this as video, we're doing it with audio, but I'm yeah. hoping that you guys can visualize what that'll look like. But generally the big things are your shoulder position, your head position, your hip position, um, your stride length, and then your forward lean. I had a gentleman explain it to me this way. I mean, for like less than 10 seconds, he's like, march in place, lean forward. And when you march in place and then you lean forward, obviously you start moving forward. And that's that's pretty much how he explained it. I can, I can kind of visualize how that would work. The thing that, again, just another way to look at that would be, and the thing that Sergio had me do is he had me skip like a kid. Mm. He goes, you, he told me, he said, you. I've read that too somewhere. He said, you will have, you'll be surprised how similar the skipping motion is to the running motion. And he, we were at Impact one day, and we're working in the performance center there. It's got this turf strip, and so it's not very long. And he's like, "We're just gonna have you skip." And you're skipping around. And I'm literally skipping around. I'm like, "Okay, I look like an asshole here, but I want to get better." So here we go. Yeah. Guy, I mean, the guy runs six minute miles, so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um. So does he like? Is he like a pose guy or like a chi guy or I is just? Know. But obviously, he's encompassing. Some parts of these things. I think that he, you know, I don't know. Maybe one day we can have him on here to just talk specifically about this. But I mean, have you a, read a any? lot of this? Comes from um, how he was coached. He ran in college, so he was a distance runner in college. So it was. It comes from how he was coached in college. So okay, he a lot of it up. So he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I I consider him a pretty valuable, you know, resource to to talk about. When no, but I mean, he's legit. He didn't go and take some no. weekend class no, 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 no. and get yeah. certified. He spent a lot of time. Not to say that people that take weekend classes and get certified aren't good. I'm just saying that. No, he's, but yeah, you got, you got he's a been point. there. He's been there. He's done that. And he's a hell of a good runner himself. So, yeah. um, he, you know, you tend to, you, you tend to gravitate towards somebody who, who can show you, like he can show you yeah. how to do it. So it's very interesting because I've been thinking that, you know, I've I've read and and I kind of try to tweak my own running style to where I used to be a heel striker and now, you know, transitioned with with shoes and just with weeks and weeks of trying, you know, repeating the same the same uh, muscle. <clears throat> um, I guess it became muscle memory, but um, I know that I'm not running correctly, or I know I could be running better. This is fun. This is interesting though, because this goes back to almost what Terry, you know, Doctor Messman was talking about, you know, with, you know, the rote, you know, repeating, repeating, repeating until it becomes, you know, mm -hmm. not a prefrontal cortex activity. It becomes, um, you know, an automatic activity. Yeah, and I, I tell you another thing that having this stuff, I actually look forward to going and running, and. 
to be completely honest with you, I'd rather spin for two hours than run for one <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. But yesterday, uh, Raul gave me um, an hour and 10 minute run um, or an hour on the bike. And I literally chose to do the run. Yeah. And I could have just as easily gone out there and got on the bike for an hour and spun and been fine. But I'd just rather, I, now that I'm working on it, I'm seeing some gains from it. Um, I'm really enjoying doing it. So for those of you out there, um, if you have a, a track uh, club around you or, uh, or a triathlon club, generally they have track workouts. You know, just drop in and see if the guy can help you with your run form. And, and if, you know, you'll know right away if they know what they're talking about, just based on some of the things I just said for you to look at. And you can get a lot of this stuff on YouTube, too. But a lot of times it's good to have some another set of eyes on you. Did you notice your heart rate went up initially when you tried to adopt these things? No. Or it was just so you didn't have any. The day, the first day, the first day that we were together, we were actually inside at Impact. And that's when I did the whole skipping thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I'm glad you reminded me of this. And then he, we got on the treadmill, and he looked at me on the treadmill. But And one of the things that he did is, and I've been doing this since, is I'm running at either 1.5% or 2% on the treadmill. So I'm not running 0% on the treadmill. Oh, and that okay. just helps promote that forward lean. One of the things Sergio told me is your body knows what to do mm-hmm. if you let it. And a lot of people, when they run especially if they're if they're um, not so good at about the forward lean, they're fighting their body's desire right. to want to do that. Yeah, I've heard it like... By a, getting too far upright. Yeah, I've heard it almost put into the, the analogy of a pogo stick landing at an angle is going to return the energy back towards where it came from. Mm-hmm. So if you're not... But a pogo stick that's leaning forward is going to bounce forward. Oh, that's a great analogy. That's so, a, and that's exactly... That, that's pretty much exactly how I feel when, when I do have the right forward lean is that momentum is actually helping to move me along. And I've mapped that back to those speed gains. Mm-hmm. Is I'm just, same energy that I'm using, mm-hmm. but I'm going a minute a mile faster because I'm not, my body's not fighting anymore. Mm-hmm. But back to the question you asked me about heart rate. The day he put me on the treadmill at 2%, I felt it. Did like, you? Like, yeah. So that day, I just, it was pretty high. Like, I was running pretty hot that day. But everyone since that, since then, I've been able to kind of dial it in. I'm still able to run tens most of the time on the treadmill with mm-hmm. bad zone two. Um, and and uh, at a one and a half, two percent grade. Um, and then when I'm out here outside, I'm, I'm, I'll be at like 10 you know, 1020 or something because you've got hills and stuff like that to deal with. But yeah, my heart rate didn't initially jack with the exception of the very first workout. And that was because I was, there's a lot I wasn't used to. So I was really having to force myself to kick my legs and force myself to deal with the treadmill being at an, at an angle I wasn't used to it being, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. But outside, it's been, it's been awesome, man, honestly. So, um, and you're lucky because you live here. So next time I go run with Sergio, I'll just, uh, I'll give you a call and you can, if you're available. You can yeah, man, because I, I need to do yeah. something, dude. Because awesome. I, I was talking to Dave before we even started. I, I think the, um, I think the full marathon that I was going to do March first, 
It's going to become a half marathon. I'm going to have uh, to put a delay on that, huh? We're going to put a delay. The good news is there's a lot more marathons out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have to get to the point where I'm not having a good time. And I want just to have a good time. I was getting to the point where I was stressing about these long runs. And I think this afternoon I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to run. And maybe I'll run three hours today. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't. It's a long run. That is a long run. It's a long run for somebody who's going to do a 13.1. <laughs> well, maybe we'll but, just do two and a half. Yeah, man. Just go out for a nice two, two hours. Just do that. All right. So the second question, any more? You got anything else on this technique thing? No, I just find it interesting. We run, and, and yeah. there's pool stuff, too, for the swim. But um, I think I'd rather leave that for another time because I'm thinking I'm I think that's try a to whole get, It is a whole show. different thing, and I'm actually going to try to get Danielle to join us for that. I think we should do a show where we talk about, you know, pole, pole buoys and all the, okay. all sorts of stuff, kind of like a swim show. Yeah, that's fine. We can, And I hope to have uh, Danielle join us. She's one of the coaches for the club, and... She's swimming for Tennessee. She knows what she's doing. Not only is she a good swimmer, but she's a damn good coach, too. And not a lot of swimmers are good coaches. Uh, just because you could do it doesn't mean you could teach it. But mm-hmm. She's really good at both, so hopefully I can get her on here with us. Um, the second question, I'm, it's a really good question, and it's kind of timely because we're here in the middle of winter. Um, discuss trainer versus road bike training. Um, the comment that, it's from Ian, and Ian says, you know, pros like Andy do all their training on the trainer. And he, yeah. What do you mean by Andy is Andy Potts, and yeah. Andy Potts does literally all his training on uh, on his indoor cycle trainer, and um, he does it for a very good reason, and I'll talk about some of those. But I got a good reason. What's that? Not getting Not run over. getting run over is yeah. the number one reason. Um, so, yeah, the reasons why you want to do why you want to train on the trainer versus the road, um, or at least have a lot of it done on the trainer versus the road, is safety first, man. I would totally 100% agree with the, that being, it's just a much... I was kind of kidding, but it's the truth. It's, dude, it is. You shouldn't be... You're not kidding, because it's true. I mean, yeah. Uh, I've gotten to the point now where if I'm going out for a ride by myself, I won't, I won't ride outside. I mean, it, we got to have... Matter of fact, I'm really only comfortable when we have four of us because at least then we're the size of a car, mm-hmm. right? We're riding two by two, and um, so yeah, safety is a huge reason why. And you know, people are driving has never been great for most people, and it's only gotten worse with the cell phones and iPads and everything else that people are doing in their cars. Um, yeah. These big screens in the front of the car. I've seen people watching TV. You know, it's ridiculous. So <laughs> and safety's they, a, a, a huge reason. Yeah, they get mad at you too. Yeah. I'm convinced. I'm convinced the guy that ran me off the road ran me off the road. Like I'm not. Like I think he didn't intend for me to break my collarbone, but I think he did intend to say. Hey, I'm going to get really close to this guy. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but um, we'll digress for just a minute on this whole road rage thing. But um, there was an issue in Dallas not a month ago, a month or two ago, where this driver, these people are riding their bikes 
uh, in Uptown, and, and this driver literally just will not leave them behind them, screaming things at them. They stop. He gets out. He beats the crap out of them. The guy in the car? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He got, he's, he's up on assault charges. And I don't know what, you know, I wasn't there, so I don't know if the bicycling, the cyclist said something to him or not. It doesn't matter if you say, I mean, but still, you, you, you can't get out and. He, uh, he, and one of them was a girl. Yeah. Literally beat the crap out of both of them. That's shocking. Yeah. It was crazy. So. Well, there's some lady in California who is getting sent away for like vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. She ran into a couple of cyclists. Yeah, there's a lot of people I know that train out there in Southern California, and they have great riding, but it's, you know, on the PCH, it's gotten to where those folks don't even want to be out there riding anymore. And they have, like, badass bike lanes most places, too. Hmm. But it's just been crazy. So safety's a big reason to get the tra- get on the trainer, guys. Um, I also like the fact that you can be a lot more specific with your training. So um, I'll give athletes workouts where I want them to ride for, I want them to do a 10 minute easy spin warm up, get their blood flowing through their muscles. So, you know, they're not overworking them too early. Um, And then I want them to do 30 minutes in zone two or at a certain power. Then I want them to do 30 minutes at zone three at a certain power that's, that's, related to that zone back to 30 minutes in zone two back to an easy 10 10 minute spin down for for cool down that is really really easy to to do on a bike trainer um it is not as easy to do out on the road because you have stoplights and you have hills and you have drivers and you have elements right so um Another reason why I do a lot of my training on the trainer versus the road is the specificity to the training. The, uh, the other thing it, the, that I'll tell you guys about training on the trainer is training on the trainer is harder than riding on the road, and I'll, and I'll explain why. It, most, in most cases, by the way. I mean, you go out to California, out to Lake Tahoe, and you ride the hills out there, that is going to be much harder riding than you would do sitting in your hotel room on a trainer. Okay, so I understand that. But in many cases, training on the trainer is going to be harder than training on the road. And it's because you... Well, you have zero wind factor. You don't... Well, that would... Yeah, so that would imply the training on the road would be harder because you don't have wind on the trainer. What if you have it at your back? But if you have it at your back, it's easier. But the, the thing you don't have is you can't coast. Right. Because if you stop pedaling, then the trainer stops, Right. Um, you're not, um, you don't have downhills, so there's, you know, there's no coasting there either. Um, there aren't any stoplights, so you don't get a break there. So you, it's a, it's, it's just a constant kind of spinning and you don't get that, um, outside. So I've, I've always thought there's some kind of a, an equation to you know time on the trainer equals how much time on the road and uh, the general consensus is that if you ride an hour on the trainer it's almost like riding an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 minutes on the road cool so you have a little fudge factor so there's a little 10, bit 15 percent. yeah or you can look at a different place way saying looking at like 
I'm getting this much more training done mm-hmm. in the same period of time. So it's kind of a benefit if you're into the qual if you're into the quality of your training. So, um, you know, I think in terms of Ian's questions about, you know, the trainer versus road bike training, that's really the answer. I mean, doing hill repeats is hard to do on the trainer, but you can do intervals on the trainer and it essentially will achieve a lot of the same things. So, um, I could, you can do, you know, four minutes hard or four minutes at a certain wattage. If you have a power meter, one a minute, easy spin. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like doing, you know, if I went out here and did hill repeats on the street, which has something to offer from a hill repeat standpoint, it's a pretty hilly road. Um, you know, I could, I can mimic that on the trainer pretty easily just mm-hmm. by dialing up the wattage or dialing up how hard it is or the intensity from a perceived exertion standpoint. And, um, so you can do intervals, um, on the trainer and actually probably be more specific in that too than you could do on the road. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. This is a little, a little bit off topic. Do you use a specific tire on your trainer? Because I know some trainers chew up, chew up tires pretty quickly. Well, um, or a specific wheel or I, I know yours is different. Yeah. I have a kicker, so I don't, the, the great thing about the kicker is you don't use a back wheel. Um, but when I also have a stationary, just a standard stationary trainer and, um, I myself would use a training wheel on that. And for two reasons, number one, um, I like using, I like having a nice old, cheap, heavy training wheel. If you can make that thing turn, you can make a set of zips turn. Mm -hmm. So you understand what I mean? No, I get you. I can also throw a cheap you know, Bic Pen Gennaro tire on there. And when it gets torn up by the, by the trainer, I can very cheaply replace it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not wearing out a set of race wheels uh, or race tires. I mean, because we, um, we could talk about race wheels too, because people don't use race wheels to train. And I, I don't understand that most of the time, but um, yeah. So I'm for just literally finding the cheapest, heaviest wheel you can find that can carry a cassette that you need to train on and use that on your trainer. You'll get a lot out of that um, because it will be harder to turn it. Gotcha. Um, and, and for the same reason you just said, I'll just put a throw, I'll put an old tire on there. You know, not an old one, but a cheap one mm-hmm. that I can just replace because it, it will tear them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you do a lot of your training on the trainer, it'll tear it up quick, pretty quick. But it's one of the benefits of the kicker is you don't have that kind of a wear. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what I think about about the tire thing. There was something so, else I was going to say. Oh, so on the flip side of this, benefits of riding on the road versus the on the trainer. It's you know, Andy does Andy Potts does his training on the on the trainer now because he doesn't need to work on things like bike handling skills and and making U turns and and you know hard rights and lefts and and dealing with debris on the road or potholes and stuff like that. You know, he's been on, he's probably done hundreds of thousands of miles in his saddle. So he doesn't, he's probably not going to get any better at his handling skills than he's already, he already is right. It's more point of diminishing returns. He gets more out of training on the trainer, um, for other reasons than he will benefits from doing the road. But for a lot of people, I would say a reason you wouldn't want to do all your training on the trainer is you do need to be out on the road 
knowing how to pay attention and knowing how to deal Dodge with that pothole. dodging potholes, um, working on your positioning on your bike. Um, I can get on the trainer and sit in arrow all day long, right? I can get on the trainer and sit on the, on the horns all day long. You need to be out there where you're actually having to balance and do those things, you know, balance and making a curved turn in arrow right because that's going to happen in a race and i believe that you need to be practicing everything in your training that you're going to have to do in a race so it's a reason why i'm longing for some decent weather to get out and actually ride the bike outside because it's going to be first of all i haven't done it in a while because it's been Mm -hmm. pretty cold so it's going to be new it's going to kind of be fun in that way but i'm also going to get to work on those skills i haven't gotten to work on in the last couple of months so um, Andy Potts can get away with doing his bike training on his bike training on his trainer, mm-hmm. but uh, I would say that us mere mortals need to mix it up. Well, for me, I, I was just saying it's fun. I love riding my bike outside on the street, going fast. I love that downhill. I love getting in the arrow, going downhill. You know, looking down and knowing I'm doing you know 35, 37 miles an hour. It's a rush, but it was a huge mental slap in the face for me when I had my accident because I don't, I'm not as free as I was anymore, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. to where I'm more cognizant of everything that's going around me, and it's taken a little bit of fun out of it. That's Mm -hmm. why I went out and bought a mountain bike, Yeah, you know, because I really, really enjoy that just being out there, being part of the environment, whether it's on the road or on a, you know, single track, you know, uh, dirt trail. But yeah. it's, um, I've got a love, I've got a weird relationship with my bike right now. And it's, it's, it's different now that I had that accident. But I was going to ask you, um, so it, I, I think I know the answer to this. But it sounds to me like from a coaching, from your perspective, from a coach's perspective, having a trainer is almost mandatory. Yeah. If you are going to be training consistently, you should get a bike trainer. Yeah. I've had one for a long, long time. But I would say if you have a road bike and a mountain bike, some of those trainer rides can be done on, on the single track. Mm-hmm. I wrote an article for the DFW Tri Club blog a few a few months ago about the benefits of riding your mountain bike. So I don't think you're that far off with doing mountain biking where you otherwise might be on the cycle on the bike trainer. But to answer your question directly, yes, I think a bike trainer is one of the it, it's one of the first investments you should make if you're going to stick with the sport and you know really try to go up in distance especially mm-hmm. because yeah, I mean I think even for somebody who just wants to get better at the sprint distance and maybe wants to go try to go to age, age group nationals I'd give that person trainer work to do too power work speaking of uh, speaking of age group guess who's back in the Clydesdale division <laughs> you, you are <laughs> nice nice I, good well, we're in there together and can compete a little bit that's good. Yeah, my uh, I've been fighting my value of wanting pleasure from food. <laughs> from, yeah. Uh, 
my underlying value system. Dude, I've got, I'll tell you what, Matt, what makes a huge difference in that regard. Um, and that is having these races coming up and knowing how it feels to do those races at 220 versus you want to be. 205. And it's a huge motivator, man. I've been pretty good about. You my, look great, dude. I, yeah, I'm down I about, look, I'm down about 12 pounds. Yeah, you look good, man. I can tell the difference. Um, it's, I do not want to tow the line in Oceanside at the end of March and having a climb, you know, 1,200 feet of hills in 12 miles at 275 pounds. I just don't want to do it, you yeah. know, and, and I don't want to have to run a half marathon at 275 pounds. I don't, I just, I don't want to do it. So, um, when you have, when you have something out there, um, it certainly helps. It certainly helps. And I mean, and I have Texas coming up in May too, and that's full Ironman. It's going to be hot and, you know, hot, heat's hard on us big guys. So it's another motivator. So put something on your calendar, dude. That'll get you motivated. I'll get you motivated. What are you doing? Uh, have you worked out today? I'm off today. I'll have a rest day. What's tomorrow? Swim day tomorrow. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. I was going to see if you wanted to run or bike. Yeah, swim tomorrow. I got a brick on Saturday and uh, and a and a run on Sunday, a long one. Yeah, man, training's up. It's on, man. I had Saturday, I did four-hour brick. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday, I did an hour and a half run. And then Monday, I did an hour and 15 minutes spin. And then, oh, I haven't been off since, this is the first day off I've had in, I don't know, a week or more. So it's it's in full swing. But, um, what else? What do you have? You always have questions. Where would I go if I wanted to learn more about the podcast, Dave? Oh, um, octane-athletics.com. Octane at Octane USA on Twitter and um, Octane Athletics also on Facebook. Uh, we have links on the website octane-athletics.com to the iTunes um, page as well as um, the Stitcher page. So you guys can get to us on Apple or Android that way. Um, I actually replaced my work phone with an Android so that I can make sure we're 100% dialed in on Android because I had heard that weird wonky things have been happening for us on Android. So um, you guys won't have those issues if you're experiencing those with Stitcher or whatnot or whatever app you're using. I've got an Android phone. So if you, can, if you have those issues, please tell me so I can resolve it. Um, I can only fix what I know about. So... Uh, Randy and I can get that stuff dialed in if we if we hear from you that you're having issues listen, hearing things or um, it's it's slow or fast or what have you. So let us know that. Um, a little update on Gatorade um, endurance, Gatorade endurance. So I had a call with the folks at Gatorade Tuesday night, I guess Monday night. It was Monday night and. Um, the Amazon uh, Gatorade store will be up in the next two or three weeks. So I'll put a link uh, on the webpage and I'll 
I'll announce it in, in an upcoming show as to when it's up, but that'll be your best bet for getting Gator Endurance products. I highly recommend doing that, especially if you're going to be doing a North American Ironman race this year because that's what's going to be on course. So if you're going to do a 70.3 or a full full Ironman, um, you definitely want to try out the Endurance formula because you're going to get that um, out on course. I think what I heard from Gatorade is that you'll get the ready-to-drink bottles on the bike course and then an orange and you'll get the lemon lime endurance formula on the run course. Try them both out. They both work really well. My current protocol on the bike is uh, Gatorade endurance formula with CarboPro in the bottles. Uh, and I just run the entire time on that. I don't have anything solid with the exception of um, kind of an emergency. If I want to have something solid or I need more energy, I'll, I'll have a chew or something with me. But that's what I do is I do the chews every 25 minutes to 30 minutes. Yeah, man, those, run, are, those are great too. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to give you guys an update on that because I, I know on one of the first podcasts we talked about the Amazon stuff for Gatorade and uh, I've had people ask, so I thought I'd touch on that. Um, Randy, anything left? You got a new pair of Newtons, didn't you? Um, no. You talking about the Facebook page? Yeah. I just haven't been running with those. I've been running with the... Uh, Hoka and with the Sockneys. I've been running with the Hokas. Yeah, Hokas are nice. I, gonna, I love them. I'm going to email them today, though. How about um, you're going to email Hoka or Nick? Yeah, I'm going to email Hoka. So you, I think you know this, but I had an accident when I was a kid and I have three and a half toes on my left foot. So, I had zero idea. Yeah. That's fascinating, though. So um, I don't have half my big toe on my left foot and it makes my left foot almost two sizes smaller than my right foot so with some running shoes it's really difficult um to keep my foot from slipping in the shoe uh-huh um and brooks has a program where you can actually order two different sizes you have to custom order it um and i a newton actually newton's awesome to work with too i emailed newton and they sent me um, they had they had been returned for whatever reason, but there's nothing wrong with the shoes. But they sent me what I needed in my sizes in returned shoes. So and I got them for a pretty deep discount. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to get Hoka for Ironman. But I want to see if I can buy them in offset in eleven and a half on my left foot and a thirteen on my right foot because that's what I need. Mm -hmm. So that my because my foot's been slipping in it. And I, I love them, but on long runs, that foot slip That's is cool. a problem for me. I, it's not cool, but it's its completely amazing. I never knew that about you. Yeah, its it happened. Like you ever tease somebody with your three and a half. foot? No, but I've won a lot of bar bets. Have you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's my friend love. My friends, um, when I was in college... They'd love to. They'd love to like show it off. Right. Like they'd love to get me to take my sock off. And I got smart one day, and I'm like, I'm tired of doing this shit for free, man. Right. And so I'm gonna get you know, paid for my disability. Be like, so I'd be like, tell my buddy in college, I'm like, man, if you're gonna put me on on showcase like that, let's let's start taking bets. I can see you gently rubbing your foot across a fraternity brother's face or something. Oh, like dude, that. I was one of those guys. I wasn't one of those guys. I would watch and laugh, but I wasn't one of those guys. Like, marker on the face, never one of those guys. But, um, 
I had my arm painted black one time, but that's another story. Yeah, yeah. I never had any of that stuff done to me, but I wasn't really known to be one of those guys you wanted to mess too, mess with too much. Right. I had a little bit of a temper back in college, but anyway. So yeah, I'm gonna call Hoka and see if uh, see if I can get them to let me buy them in two different sizes, because I think that's gonna be the right shoe for me for full distance. But I love my Newtons. I love my Hokas. Thinking if I, I think I run tomorrow. I think I'll do a trainer today. Let it let it heat up a little bit and run tomorrow. It's gonna be beautiful this weekend. So. All right, dude. I think we're done. So um, we will come back at you guys within a week or so. Yeah, if you uh, are so inclined, go and do. There's a Dallas Cupid race coming up in February. Oh yeah, Dallas Athlete Racing Cupid race. It's an underwear run. Underwear it's run. I am not going to participate. Yeah. But uh, I think yeah. uh, it'll be a lot of fun for some folks who want to get out in not very many clothes and run. DallasAthleteRacing.com to to check on that race and their others. Um, they'll have them all f- starting from like February this month till through the summer. Yeah. So um, get on there and take a look and and uh, and hit us up on yeah. Facebook and tell us which races uh, you're signing up for because I it'd be really neat to get a group of people together or you know you know meet up at one of these races and uh, you know just meet some people face to face that'd be awesome so yeah let us know if uh get on facebook i may even post something what races you guys doing this year and try to get a list going and if we can find some people that are doing the same races we can uh you doing the texas man i haven't decided yet it's in it's in uh mart or it's in may May. that's texas is in may too so oh maybe it'd be a nice tune-up yeah 50 mile tune-ups a little more than i probably want in may but you get the full... I think you should do it. Of course you do. You don't have to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm talking I, about Texas. Oh, yeah. I just remember seeing you. So I think I gave you a high five on the run. Yeah, well, we had a good day oh, that day. It was hot that day. Swim was horrible. Yeah, it was. All right, guys. We'll holler at you soon. Have a great one. Bye. See you later.